Hello and welcome to Inside Sports Dead in Goal podcast uh, for round 18. Uh, my name's James Smith. I'm a writer and sub-editor for Inside Sport magazine. Um, joining me today, as always, is Jeff Centenera, the editor of Inside Sport. How are you going, mate? Uh, very good, James. Good to uh, be with you. We've just finished a magazine, so that's always yeah. a very good feeling. So we're both frazzled and a little bit hyped up, aren't we? So Yeah, just a little. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, this, the rundown to the finals is uh, is, is well is well and truly on. Um, so yeah, we've got got some got a, got a few topics that'll uh, cover that that rundown. Um, we're gonna, first, we're going to talk about the um, pay dispute though, and uh, the volcanic um, uh, effect that, um, that 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 has the potential of, of causing. Um, then we're going to move on to Origin Three, um, in particular the uh, selection. Another selection drama for Queensland, um, and then we'll visit Clubland for um, a discussion about not just Nathan Brown, but but a few other coaches who um, have all of a sudden found themselves in the in the hot seat. Um, <clears throat> then we'll have a look at the matchups for round 18. It's an action-packed round, actually. It's only it's um, only a half round, but there's still some some good uh, matchups there. Going to have a look at our hero and zeros of the week, uh, our nostalgia run in uh, Review Mirror and then have a look at um, a bit of an NRL flavour in our current magazine. But, um, Jeff, uh, you, you suggested this topic that we <laughs> kick off with and, and it's a good one. It's the um, it's about um, the players' well, pay dispute, All the it? cool kids in Australian sport are doing it, James, you know, arguing <laughs> yeah. over money. So, you know, yeah. plainly, plainly the NRL boys didn't want to be left out. And uh, yeah. But, they're, you know, they're fighting the good fight here. Um, it... Uh, it's going to be very interesting um, to see kind of how this dispute in the league is going to be affected and, and will affect, it'll have its own ripple effects on the ones that are going on in cricket, the one that, you know, I guess effectively you wouldn't say the one the AFL rose to the level of a dispute, but there was yeah. a certain level of vigor in that in that debate. But, um, you know... Uh, the, the players, uh, you know, just to kind of lay out the outlines of yeah, it, you know, the yeah. players are seeking you know, 29% of the game's revenues. The, the league is countering by saying they're going to offer um, uh, kind of an increase in the salary cap, the, the top 30 salary cap, which amounts to 40-plus percent. Uh, they, they're claiming that uh, 52% of all revenues will basically end up with the players and the clubs. Uh, in the in fights like these, if what what's really complicated and what makes these hard to kind of understand or yeah. kind of just talk about in in a detailed way is that both sides are generally what they're arguing over is the size of the pot. Yeah. <laughs> like the the league will try to define the pot one way, and the players will try to define the pot the other way, and you'll hear kind of the, the terms of the argument thrown about in terms of whether there's a revenue share model and a fixed revenue number or kind of you know what's kind of you know in rev- what's kind of in whole of game revenue and what's in what's not yeah. and and that that basically is is the crux uh, of the dispute but um, I, I would say, you know I'm, I've been surprised at how it's really kind of flared up kind of in the league it's it's serious stuff I mean I know it was bubbling kind of um, beneath the surface but or has bubbled beneath the surface for the last couple of years and it's impressive just how much solidarity there is on the player front. I mean, Definitely. you know, even something as small as that, um, the, the caps, the, ca- the caps with, that were branded with the RLPA, the Rugby yeah. League Players Association, that they were wearing at, um, 
all kind of the, the media events for whether it was origin promotion or, or, right. or other stuff related to the league. Cameron Smith had these out, didn't exactly he? like you know, um, yeah, that's um, that's, a, that's that's a real statement by the players, and I'm, I'm interested to, to see where this goes. Yeah, um, but how I see it is, I, I think the players um, have to be given some credit here. Like as sport has gone uh, corporate over the last, especially 10, 15 years. Um, the players have gotten savvy as well. Like we, we yeah. so we've been hearing words from the league, like leagues, various different sports, revenue, and you know all, all these all these words that never used to be used. Um, and I, I'm a bit of a unionist at heart. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I reckon good I'm on right there with you. <laughs> yeah, good on all these players. Yeah. If you're going to, and and, and I lay the blame for this um, at at the leagues, um, especially when you hear the NRL, and we've talked about this. Um, at our work desks, a lot, a lot of time. If you're if you're a player sitting at home and you're watching the news, and there's a big announcement uh, um, coming out that, that the NRL has signed a 1.8 billion dollar TV rights deal, and you're the player out there providing the product, what are you what are you going to think? You're going to sit there and, you, and, and you're going to think, oh, okay, well somebody's getting a, a pay rise and there's going to be a lot more money coming in. Um, I hope I get to see some of that because. I'm the one actually playing this game and getting belted up every week. And, and the players, I think the right players have arrived at the right time in the last couple of years. You've had uh, Robbie Farah, I think, was driving it for a while. Uh, Clint Newton um, has been at the... Oh, I don't know if he still is at the Players Association. I think he might yeah. be. He was pretty savvy. You had Tony Butterfield before him. Um, and now Cameron Smith's leading the charge, and they're, they're players with a lot of respect um, from their peers. So mm-hmm. I think the right players have come along at the right time for to push the players' cause, haven't they? I'm yeah. something of a student of these kinds of disputes. I'm really interested in them, and um, w- one of the things that always fascinates me is the dynamic involved when the leadership of the association or the, or the union is not kind of a, is or is not a leading player and yep. for for whatever reason it just makes a huge difference yep. when the union is being led by a player of of, of real esteem of real standing within the game so Definitely. when Cameron it, it is utterly vital that Cameron Smith is lending his name and his reputation you know to this to this fight um, yep. uh, the other point I, I want to bring up and um, uh, that, that kind of interests me is how a lot of this is playing out kind of in, in reference to the AFL because they just got their deal done kind of last week. And yep. I couldn't help but notice that one of the, th- the first things that the NRL got on the front foot with is that the um, the average wage in the new deal for the AFL will increase to about $370,000 a year. Uh, under the NRL's proposal, that, yep. that equivalent um, average in, in the league will go to about $320,000. And they threw that out there and quickly jabbed along with it saying that you know that the you know the clubs only really make about 56 percent of the revenues of an afl club Mm. so you know it um yeah there's there's going to be a lot of these kinds of uh kind of things Mm. kind of going on in the space but these disputes also they're always a battle uh for kind of for for public sentiment definitely they're, they're fights for public opinion and i think one of the things that um the league you know the, the leagueies have in their favor, and you, you kind of pointed it out just then. And it's a point kind of just made most recently in our in, in our addition to come by Andrew Voss. These guys really put their body on the line. You know, I mean, yeah. rugby league is such a brutal enterprise that you know that um, 
you know, it's almost kind of, it is, in, in a way, the last kind of link to its kind of blue-collar origins is a blue-collar sense that, you know, they really kind of wreck themselves <laughs> to, 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 to do their job. So, yeah. you know, um, I think, you know, kind of they, they can engender some sympathy on that front. But, um, you know, it, it, each side has to kind of tread very carefully. I think the one thing that, um, that the NRL, that's going to color the dispute in the NRL that we may not have seen uh, comparably in the AFL or even in cricket particularly yep. is because of that kind of working class ethos you know within league's supporter base in a cultural sense if not kind of in, in a true sense like there are many non-working class people who watch rugby league these yeah, days yeah, yeah. I do wonder if you know if kind of you know that that is going to become an issue the idea that you know can you really you know, can you really be sympathetic for a bunch of guys who are arguing for whether, you know, their average wage is going to be in the two hundred thousands or three hundred thousands of yeah. dollars? So, you know, that's that that'll be kind of yeah, the, the kind of the dynamic I'm I'm looking to see play out. And and that's the that's the main one of the main points that that's that that that's an unsexy point in in terms of news cycles, isn't it? Mm. The, the good thing to see um, from these big players like Smith and Thurston and and Farrah and Warner and and and, and um, Captain Smith in the cricket is that they're really they're really going into bat for everybody. Like the cricketers are going into bat for the women. They're going into bat for the Sheffield Shield players. Yeah. And where where the credibility comes from, as far as the players are concerned, from 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 my view, is that these top players they're not they don't really have that much longer in the game. So any increase that comes along is really only going to be enjoyed by them. For another two or three years, it's it's everybody else that they're um, you know, it's the under sixteen player, the current under sixteen generation, in the game who they're really going in the bat for. Or in some sense, they're all they're already fine. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, exactly. as as you know, the the kind of the discourse around David Warner's kind of sports car or his mansion, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. they'll do fine no matter what. Like, you know, cricket Australia could disappear tomorrow. David Warner will go find someone who who will be willing to pay him to play cricket tomorrow. But um, yeah, 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 uh, yeah it's um. Yeah, it, it it is kind of a it is certainly the case where, you know, it, it, where the players are kind of trying to look out for yeah themselves and also the next you know, the generation comes through because these deals tend to kind of, you know, build on each other. Definitely, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, so it's a great debate that'll uh, keep raging on, no doubt. Uh, moving on um, to Origin Three, I, I can't believe it's next week. Origin Three, it's amazing. Mm. It's charged ahead. Um, and uh, so, so Queensland uh, coach Kevin Walters has again uh, come under fire, and, and so have his two uh, Brisbane Broncos superstar legend selectors. Um, have gone for for Ben Hunt over DCE um, for Game Three. This is this is just like uh, the Billy Slater Darius Boyd um, issue, uh, where they make the change and. New South Wales blows up about it. We seem to be we seem to be experts in how the other teams should pick their players, even though we've won one out of eleven. There is an idea for an Origin <laughs> series where you know Queensland gets to choose the New South oh, Wales I, players, and New South Wales gets to choose the. That players. is brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah, but but I'm just taking some notes just before we came in to record this, it pretty much it. I'm actually on on um, Kevy's side here a, a bit. Um, you. You, you have a look at the uh, the, the development um, side of Queensland's squad over recent years, and you know the players that he's that he's uh, given debuts to. You know you got Milford and Hunt. They've, they've been part of the development 
system for a long time. Uh, DC hasn't, maybe because of his age, maybe he's already um, graduated from that. But um, I mean, you, you're going to go with Hunt there. And, and the other aspect too, I can see what he's done. He, he hasn't actually selected Hunt in the halves. He selected him on the bench. When it comes down to selecting either of those two players, you probably are going to go with Ben Hunt. Um, if somebody out of position get, gets injured and, and, and DCE has to come on, he's, he is less, less versatile than Hunt, isn't he? So, um, I'd, I'd, yeah, so, so at the moment it stands as, as uh, Munster and Cronk in the halves with, um, with Hunt on the bench, and I, I think that works. Yeah, Queensland's always taken more of a program type approach to to their yeah, origin side. You definitely, know, New South Wales. I, I guess it's also um, New South Wales. It's more a case of, well, well, we'll just pick from kind of who's playing well in the comp, you know. And you can. They, the, they, they do have a development yeah, system. They do have a development system. But now, you're right. Yes, but yeah. you know, it's always been kind yeah. of. I guess it's it, it emanates out of their own kind of um, kind of their own kind of yeah kind of relative situations like Queensland has always had something of a smaller uh, player base to choose from. So they've tended yeah. to cultivate kind of the talent that they see, that, that they have, whereas New South Wales always had the luxury of just picking the, the next guy along. Um, and, and that's reflected in the, in, the, in the massive disparity in numbers of, you know, people who have been picked to play uh, origin for Queensland and for, for, for New South Wales farm anymore. Uh, there, was a, there was a fact, a startling fact that came up to us the other day that... Um, yeah, New South Wales is going to go unchanged throughout yeah. this series. The, the lineup's going to go unchanged, and that's the first time in memory I can remember that. Yeah. Happening. It's, it's the fr- you you brought up the point. It was hard to remember them going two matches in a row Definitely. without yeah, yeah without them going unchanged. So I think that's a positive kind of um, outcome for <laughs> uh, for the Blues under under Laurie Daly because um, you know I think. Yeah, stability is a good thing for them. I think they've been too reactive in the past, of, you know, yeah. panicking about you know kind of having to change the team. Um, I'd love to see what happens, what what they do. You know, um, if they were to lose, I mean, <laughs> the stability go out the window. Yeah. But um, I, I guess the other thing that that speaks to is that it's not often that over a period of what um, six to nine weeks you can keep a uh, a league side intact in that way for all three matches. But um, yeah. Yeah, I, I I think Queensland has a way of, uh, has a way of doing things. I think picking Ben Hunt is consistent, kind of uh, with that way, and yep. um, you know it, it's going to be one of those kind of result driven things. If they win, and you know he contributes something to it, it's going to be looked as a as a genius kind of stroke. And if not, um, you know it'll be one of the thing, those things that they can kind of pour on uh, about. Um, my only kind of note to to add to, to Origin three is um, yep. uh, kind of the claims going around that. Uh, Another great champion of uh, Suncorp Stadium, uh, Jeff Horn, last week uh, winning over uh, Manny Pacquiao in that building. You know, Queensland is going to try and channel the spirit of, uh, of Jeff Horn, which, as far as I can tell, is for them to get beat up and hope they're on up ahead uh, on points by the end of the game. But um, good luck, Queensland. It should be uh, a really good game. A lot of it was interesting to see with talking about Jeff Horn and Queenslanders. He was probably um, not that everybody wished him ill, but. He was probably the, the least popular Queensland victor of Queensland of late, wasn't he, Jeff Horn? Really? All right. A lot, <laughs> a lot of people would still wanted Manny Pacquiao to win because of the superstar that's because, elements. That's yeah. because there were that many, that many Filipinos in the building. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Didn't think of that. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, so um, we'll wait and see what happens. Uh, our next podcast will probably be after Origin 3, so we'll, we'll have a wrap-up then. Um, one thing I wanted to, to uh, touch on was... Um, 
the the coaching um, situation. Uh, hot seat. Yeah, <laughs> coaching hot seat. It's a good term, mate. Yeah. Um, geez, a couple of weeks ago, everyone was fine and dandy. Everyone was quite comfortable and secure in their in their coaching jobs. And um, as you pointed out, apart from Nathan Brown of late, um, Des Hasler um, has been under fire even after he resigned. And now uh, Mary McGregor is starting to make um, the Dragons look a bit silly after they uh, re-signed him uh, after the Dragons' early early season form. But I just think it's interesting. I, w- I wanted to start with Nathan Brown. I'd, um, is, is it harsh that uh, with, with the cattle that he has, um, and he doesn't have Aiden Guerra or SKD or um, Kalen Ponga to work with yet, is it, is it about time that the Knights... Um, as far as Nathan Brown goes, is it about time they started producing? Like they've only won three or four matches in the last two years, haven't they? So, yeah. I mean, when we when we kind of took a look, we took a we, we took a deep dive into this, you know, in our, in our league preview yeah, back in March, when we kind of looked at the the various situations, hot seat temperature, we called it, uh, yeah, yeah, for, for right. each coach, and we we kind of identified uh, three that that were really quite evident. Um, one being Hasler, another being. Uh, uh, Mary McGregor, and the other one actually being gone right now, and that, that being Jason Taylor, who I think oh, was yeah. on the hottest seat of all. I remember, I recall us um, agreeing that Brown was probably safe, yeah, if, if yeah. only because, like, what were Newcastle's, you know, uh, or what was Newcastle's level of expectation? You know, I mean, they're, so, they're, yeah. yeah, they're coming off, they're, they were coming off the spoon. They weren't really expected to do much more than that. No. Um, they don't quite have the, the playing group yet. It looks like it'll improve greatly next year, so there, there might be a bit more pressure. And, and they're owned by the NRL, so mm. you wonder where the pressure's coming from, don't you? Mm. Well, yeah. it, it's hard to say. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I wonder if it's because you know, it's internal expectations. You never can quite tell these things, whether it's about working relationships within yeah. the club itself, whether the, yeah. you know, the, the coach just has kind of not made, you know, or has either turned off his allies or just not made any at all. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I, you know, just looking at it from the outside, it would seem that, you know, if, if you were to kind of move along Nathan Brown, you'd move him along because, you know, you have a plan, which is to say that you have somebody, somebody else. in line for next year who you think, you know, can, can, yeah, can do better with with the talent coming along. But uh, yeah. if your approach was, well, we're going to be bad, and we're going to have a young side, and let's kind of build that up. Well, you know, you have a coach to do that, and you should probably give him the chance through to the you know, kind of through to the next phase. Uh, so yeah, yeah, um, maybe it's just the case that they they did think they were going to be better this year. And yeah. I, I must admit, I thought they actually played quite a bit better uh, through the through the early part of the year. Yeah. Maybe they weren't getting the results yet, but uh, they were they were certainly were playing better. And this um, should have been a six or seven win season, shouldn't it? Yeah. Well, considering yeah. what was it one last year, so yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> you can only get better than that. But no, um, just better than that, they've won two, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. you know, you know. Nathan Brown's a young coach. I mean, you yeah, know, the, these guys, they definitely, they're not finished articles. No. Um, and we tend to forget that. We tend to almost see coaches statically, but um, that they they do kind of improve over time. They change, yeah. def- definitely. Some of them grow out of touch. Um, uh, but uh, it certainly is not certainly is not at that stage yet. No. But, um, so that'll be a very curious kind of uh, situation to follow the, the one that astounds me is is if it's true that des is is under pressure again and it speaks to kind of some weird things going on within the front office at, at canterbury which mm. 
normally is such a solidly run outfit it's almost weird to see kind of you know basically shenanigans almost like you know like kind of, you know <coughs> yeah. the chief executive out like you know kind of their, their chairman kind of you know kind of really kind of flexing some muscle around there you know they made the choice to re-sign Dez and I I've you know I mean I, I've got a high opinion of him the record yeah, the record the record yeah. speaks to you know like the man can can definitely coach I don't know if he's kind of like a, a Wayne uh, Bennett or a Craig Bellamy type where he's he, he's just going to build kind of like a yeah. He's built. He's going to build a kingdom because I don't know whether he can last that long in the one place. That, that that's my basic kind of assessment of Des. But I don't understand kind of the organizational logic of signing a guy to an extension and then the rumblings begin that yeah you got to get rid of him. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like just you know, just a few games later in the year. It's a bit a bit weird at the Bulldogs, isn't it? Because mm. Raylene Castle has said that she's going to be leaving, so mm. she doesn't really. So she's signed him, and then now she's leaving. It's a little bit. It's a little bit, little bit, not toxic, but it's a little bit unstable there at the moment. And yeah, that, that's as, as you say, like you, you re-sign somebody after two or three wins, and that's just um, that's just asking for trouble when the team does dip out of form, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. it's, it's just it, it's telling the fans we knew what we were doing. Look, look, we've re-signed him. We're going to start winning now. Mm. That, that's what it tells the fans, and yeah. then they, because they're a, they're probably I, I reckon. I've studied the, I've studied each and every fan base on on Twitter, and they're definitely the most demanding. They yeah. really fire at the team when when it's not going well. They yeah. rip into it, and it's just, it's the opposite when they go well. They're 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 a team of immortals when they're playing well. But yeah, I just think maybe it's uh, it's a little bit a little bit um, explosive there at the moment. Do you yeah. get the sense that you know that? that they famously being kind of you know a family club yep. type. They really want Dean Pay. Um, yeah, but I've heard that he doesn't want to do it. Yeah, so have I. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. He, he'd be good, wouldn't he? Um, He'd be the kind I don't, of, actually I don't know what I'm talking about but uh, <laughs> uh, Woody I, I don't know he fits the archetype yeah and, and I, I could see that if you know some clubs just really really think that way so yeah you know with, yeah. you know there's always going to be the perception that Des came a bit from the outside yeah, so yeah, no matter kind of how well he now how well he's done but I could very easily see a situation where you know you know you kind of you kind of punt Hasler and then you do a lot worse uh, you, you do much worse than the results he was getting. And then, you know, two to three years down the line, uh, your fan base is asking, why did we ever get rid of that guy? He's doing, <laughs> right. He did a lot better than what we're doing now. So Maybe Nathan Brown and Des have to swap. <laughs> Maybe that might work. I think I think Nathan Brown would take that trade. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he probably would. Probably take a trade in salary, as far as, as, far as I can tell. <laughs> yeah, poor fella. All righty, uh, let's um, move into some matches. Uh, round 18. Can't believe it's round 18. It's just flown by, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so kicking off um, Friday night, it should be a good game, this one. Um, probably because of who isn't in it, um, as opposed to who is. We've got the Roosters and the Rabbitohs at Allianz Stadium, uh, 7.50 to, to kick things off. Um, the Roosters are still in fourth on 24, and the, the Rabbitohs are in 11th on 16. Um, the Roosters were belted by Cronulla last week. They really towered up. They were really put in their place, 44-12 uh, up there on the Central Coast. Um, and this week they're without Ferguson, Pierce, Napa, and Cordner. Um, if he even plays Origin, he, he's fifty uh, fifty um, to get over that injury. Um, and Connor Watson and Luke Keary are going to be playing in the halves. Um, and South have won two on the trot. They're looking really, they're looking pretty good. Um, 
They've beaten the Titans and the Panthers, and the most important thing is they're unaffected by Origin, so they're yeah they're um, steaming along as best as best they can. Mm. Yeah. It's one of those trap games. It's one of those ones yeah, that you know you yeah you don't want to. <laughs> you know, Trent, I don't think Trent would really like kind of like the shape of uh, of this one where nah. you know he's, he's missing so much material and coming up against a side that's actually kind of got some got some uh, confidence and some momentum building. You probably kind of would have looked at this from far out and thought, eh, this might, might be one that was gettable. But, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. You know, uh, the Roosters will kind of be a side that you know, will be nibbling around that top four and, um, yeah, a loss like this, you know, in retrospect, can, can look quite bad in, in the calculation of that yeah. of that chase. be interesting to see how many South fans make it to this game too. It's actually a lot closer for, um, for a lot of them than Homebush, mm. and it's at 7.50, so that's plenty of time to get away from work and um, it's not too far for them to travel I, I think there'll be a lot of South South fans at that game I, um, I just live down the road so hmm. I'm planning on going and having a look at that one sitting there as a quiet onlooker um, <coughs> I'm, I'm going South for this uh, in this one I, I think uh, yeah they've still got Burgess boys and, and everything that full strength side so yeah not okay. well that James is at the top of our tipping comp, so he can afford to take some risks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or no, afford to play it safe. I think, well, South, I think South is the odds-on favourite here, if, uh, if I recall correctly. Okay. All right. I think I'm going. I'm, I think I'm going Roosters because I just need to start making some moves. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, next up, um, the Penrith Panthers against Manly at um, Pepper, St- Pepper Stadium. I hate calling it that. <laughs> Penrith Park. It's called Penrith Park. Panthers are in ninth, and Eagles are in third. They are just flying this year. Um, interesting interesting fact about Penrith. I looked through their uh, recent games. They haven't played at Penrith Park for eight weeks. They've been going to Bathurst and they've just been on this really long away trip. Um, they've lost their last two to the Cowboys and South. Um, and the thing with them is that they're at origin unaffected. So this will be, be really interesting. Uh, Manly has won five in a row now. They're, they're easily the form team of the competition and uh, Jake Travojevic is um, their only loss uh, because of Origin so pretty good game this one 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 player out due, through to Origin it should be a terrific matchup alright now, now's the, the time that the question has to be asked you, you warned me about this yes so. I've, been, I've been looking forward all kind of week <laughs> to be able to pose this question oh dear. to to James James Smith of, of Penrith Penrith, Penrith, born and bred. Not born, born. Ah, uh, yeah, born. born Nepean Hospital. And, I was born. Yeah. There you go, born and bred. <laughs> Were you as dis? You know, last weekend, yeah, really looked like one of those kind of, uh, kind of gut punch games. The kind of game that said, "Not this season for yeah, you guys." Yeah. How yeah, is that? Was that kind of your takeaway from, uh, was, yeah. from Penrith's loss? It was a little bit like uh, you know how you have those bad boys at school. <laughs> and they, they act good for a couple of weeks, and everyone thinks they've changed. All the teachers are, all the teachers are saying, "Hasn't this boy come along really well?" But you always know that just below the surface, it could his bad behaviour could volcano at any time. That's what that was last week. Even for the first fifteen minutes, they looked very solid, Penrith. Um, and then, and and it was led by their captain Matt Moylan with that ridiculous pass that he threw mm. to no one. It, it wasn't only to no one. It was it landed fifteen meters away from the nearest recipient, whoever that was supposed to be. And what that was, it wasn't just a bad pass. What that indicated was that that that, that um, really stupid 
direction that they've got of trying to score a try off every play, that has crept back into their game. And it was the case um, the week before against the Cowboys as well. Um, during their, their run of wins, they had four wins in a row. Um, they really locked the ball up. They played safe. They got their forwards with a great roll on. And then that razzle-dazzle crap just came out last week and it just unraveled. It, it, just, it, it upset the forwards. They just completely lost their lost their um, track of play and, and South were just... They were actually... I think South were just waiting for them to do it, it, it looked like. They, mm. they really... They really and, and they really made them pay for it, which which good on South for doing. Yeah. Penrith has given us a good season and a bad season and a good season and a bad season. It yeah, seems yeah. like in a pattern for a few years now. Yeah. Do you think that is because of the style of football, <coughs> as you suggest? The talent's there; it's yeah. undeniable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think I, I do, and I think they need a really boring coach <laughs> to sort them out. Mm. They need a no frills. Um, I saw a smart-ass quip on Twitter last last week, and I didn't. I don't know. I didn't really follow the Broncos when Griffin was there, mm. but but yeah, the, the 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 remark was they're playing just like the Broncos did under Griffin. Fair point. Yeah, and and so there you go. Um, yeah, uh, I mean he he can get praised a lot, and 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 rightly so when they when they do play that razzle dazzle stuff. But it's got to come off, just like it did against the Bulldogs. Like that was just a dream game in that semi-final last year but geez, it, it, that, that sort of play is just hard to replicate week in week out they don't seem to have that fallback option of holy shit we're in trouble let's just play like this they just keep playing um, pushing passes and, and it's really frustrating so I, I'm fearing what's going to happen um, out there um, when Manly arrives um, they're completely the opposite they, they've just been locking the ball up trucking it up and they're really, they're really damaging sides at the moment. So, yeah, oh, well, I'm going for the for the Eagles with that one. Um, next up is Melbourne Storm versus Parramatta. Uh, this is this is first versus eighth. Um, Storm flogged the Broncos 42-12 last week, and they just put the cleaners through them. They really made they really embarrassed Brisbane at um, at Suncorp. They just destroyed them. Um, but uh, they're without Slater, Smith, Munster. Cronk, Glasby, Will Chambers, um, and it's it's interesting because the last time they played without all those stars, they um they they won by one, didn't they against yeah. the Cowboys? Yeah. yeah. So that, that they've still got a lot of talent in their side. Um, so this will still be an interesting game. Um, and the Eels just beat the, the Bulldogs thirteen twelve in Golden Point from that, after that controversial um, penalty. Um, and the really good news for the Eels. Is that they're four points clear of ninth? They're in eighth. Mm. They're four points clear of Penrith. So they, uh, those late buys are really starting to, to help them along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, been going for a five and one, I believe, uh, in the Origin period. Just brilliant, yeah, isn't with it? this uh, with this win, and that and the one loss was by was by a point. Yeah. So they had one win by a point too. But uh, I wonder whether there'll be a hangover maybe in a month's time from all this, when it starts to catch up with those six players that we just read out. Yeah, Poss- po- interesting. Yeah, possibly. Um, I just, you know, if you'd told me that, you know, it's kind of a kind of a thing I have. I tend yeah, to bet yeah. Melbourne every year because I think I'll be more right than wrong. But uh, and if you had told me that, you know, they go through Origin period either with a five-one or even a four-two record, I'll you know, kind of you know, give you my money then and say, yeah, they'll they'll be they'll be winning the minor premierships. So yeah, yeah. It, um, 
Yeah. It uh, again, I guess if they if yeah, if, these are great games to win. <laughs> you, don't have, you don't have six of your best players, and you can you can still pull them. You, know, you can still pull them out, and you know I think yeah, obviously Melbourne are calibrated to do that, but more on that later. Um, yeah, 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 absolutely. And the last game, uh, the Canary Bulldogs versus the Newcastle Knights at Belmore Sports Ground. I love I love saying those three words, Belmore Sports Ground, mm. <laughs> on Sunday at four p.m. It's, this is just. This is going to be a great afternoon out at the footy. Um, the Bulldogs are in 13th and Newcastle, of course, uh, of course, are, are running at the foot of the table. Um, but, geez, the Bulldogs, they're just having an awful year. Um, you can... We, we spoke about that uh, controversial penalty at the end of the, of the end of the game last week, but, geez, they were dreadful again in, in parts, so you can't really blame that, um, blame, blame it all on that one call. Um, interestingly, so we've just we've just run through a couple of those other games. There's um, four players missing to Origin in a 13th versus 16th game. So there you go. You got Morris Clemmer, Brett Morris Clemmer, and Josh Jackson, Jackson out for the Dogs, and Dane Gagai for the Knights. Um, and they were awful too last week. The Knights. They uh, that's um, one of the aspects that brought all that attention to Nathan Brown, just how bad the Knights were. Um, I don't know. Maybe Belmore Sports Ground will save this match. <coughs> yeah. Um, if, I might, if I recall correctly, Josh Reynolds. This is a, this is this is you know this is a, something of a special Josh Reynolds game for uh, yeah. for Canterbury. I don't know why. Like, uh, maybe a fa- farewell to Belmore. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, something like that. So yeah. you know, I mean, he's a he's a favorite. Uh, he's a favorite of yours. It's good to see him back on the park this year. That's yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There was a prospect that there who wouldn't. Must feel odd. I've always, you know, and, and this is kind of something we've always talked about. But it must feel odd that that kind of thing where, yeah, you um, know you're going to another club next year and you still got half a season to play. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I'm, um, and, and that's why you don't like that. Um, that no, rule, I don't. Do you? No. no, I don't at all. No, <laughs> <laughs> not to impugn Josh Reynolds. I think you know he'll play no. as hard as he can. He'll play well, and uh, yeah, and I think uh, yeah, kind of uh, hopefully the Bulldog faithful will see him out. Um, Kind of um, with grace. Yeah, yeah. Alrighty, so that, that's your matchups. There's only four games because of Origin, so yeah, get out there and, and catch a few of them. Um, now to our heroes and zeros. Um, you've got a good hero. You've got. I do indeed. Yeah, and uh, uh, I'll just block my ears while you talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love, you know, yeah, guys who, who who score bagfuls of tries, and so yeah, um, to see Alex Johnson last uh, weekend, you know, yeah, grab five. Yeah, that was that was great stuff. And then know. he was um, bagging the trainer because he says the trainer yeah, costs exactly. an extra one. Yeah, that, that, and that <laughs> was that was my favorite one. That, you know, you know, particularly because you know, in you know, we've, you know, we've got this controversy going on in the AFL about how they might have to get rid of runners because you know, you know, they're using they're deploying runners kind of sneakily yeah. to, to to bottle up play, and That's then it. you know. So equivalently in the league, you know, the trainer, you know, uh, the trainer's getting or so the runner's getting bagged because you know. Firmly tongue in cheek, of course, because yeah. you know Alex Johnson says he told him to go back inside rather than kind of stay on the edge. Where if he had, he would have had try number six. And you know, we all love double hat tricks. You know, you go long times without seeing them. So you know, good on good on Alex Johnson for yeah having a lot of fun scoring five tries. A lot of fun to score five tries and then to have retained the sense of humor to say that it could have been uh, could have been number six. He's a player. He interests me as a player because you know he you know in that. Um, that wonderful run to the to the premiership that um, uh, Souths had. Yep. He, made, he made a kangaroo side, but um, you know he never really kind of was in um, 
in Laurie's calculation uh, for for Origin. So like kind of rep has kind of eluded him ever since. You know, I mean, probably has to do something uh, with his size. Um, doesn't kind of fit the mold of like the the big kind of back that um, that uh, Laurie wanted. So yeah. uh, Dylan Walker, I think, kind of was in the same was yeah, in the yeah, same yeah. boat. Although he did he did get a chance. But um, yeah, no, Johnston, you know, plainly can play. We, we, again, you know, yeah. guys who can score five tries in a game in first grade obviously can play. So you know, it, um, that was yeah, that was fun to see last weekend. Yeah, for sure. And a zero, um, I've, I've gone for Sam Thiday. Um, geez, he, he, his performance against Melbourne last week was pretty ordinary, um, and it was ordinary not for his attitude. It was just I don't know. He, he, his errors were. I was watching this at a at a pub with a mate, and um, we were starting to count just how many stuff ups he was making. And he went away and got another round, and he came back, and Sam had made two more errors. And I just I started feeling really awful for how him. How long was the round? How long did it take to get the round? <laughs> <laughs> not long, not long at all. No, he made oh. not in those trendy pubs that you go to, James. I mean, it, I'm pretty sure that was, could have been yeah, could have been a long time. It was a bit of a hipster area, actually. Oh, there it was, you go. Uh, there it was you Alexandria. Go. It was the um, Cocktails? Ju- no, no, no. Schooners of you, um. You could have you could have been rough on Thursday if it was cocktails. And it took him like half an hour to get you know, to get a drink. No, we were drinking pints of three sheets beer. So there you go. Yeah, yeah we we're good. doing it properly. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but yeah, I, I, I think maybe Sam's um, really um, been knocked around by that Origin um, demotion. Um, he just doesn't seem to be getting into the spirit of things lately, and. I didn't want to look his age up because I didn't want to talk about it because it's, I don't think this is the issue. But he's thirty-two. That's um. But, but I mean, if you've been knocked around as much as Sam has over the course of a career, you, you you can't really blame him for maybe losing his edge a little bit. But yeah, Brisbane really need him to step up um, in the run home to the finals. Terrific player for for such a long time. Yeah, for I sure. Mean, Hope I'm know, wrong about him. Yeah. It's, it's you know you can really tell. Yeah, another thing, <coughs> kind of. Uh, kind of, kind of hit back and forth before that. They're really, really good forwards. You know who they are because they're the ones who 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 can continue playing well into that twenty nine, thirty, thirty one, thirty two kind yeah, of age just range. Just like Pedro we were talking about last week. Exactly yeah. because um, you know they just they just take so many hits and you know it, it's almost like kind of you know the you know, the mileage on the car. Um, yeah, I yeah. think they, it just that damage just accumulates. But um, the the really really good ones seem to. Kind of either adapt their game or they're you know, such good natural footballers. Not just kind of physical forces of nature that you know, they can continue doing well. So, you know, but you know, you know Father Time is unbeaten, <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah, that could be that could well be the case. And sadly for for, for Sam Friday, but yeah. yeah, he wasn't the only bad forward for for <laughs> Brisbane. They, they were destroyed, but mm. yeah, there's something I'm starting to notice about Sam. Um, okay, so review mirror uh, coming towards the end of our podcast. Um, I, I wanted to revisit. Belmore Sports Ground. Um, not really any particular moments, um, apart from mistimed uh, field goals and and, and and conversion attempts. And I just I just think it's great that the NRL has allowed this revisiting of of Belmore to happen. Um, they it's really important to the fans. Um, you don't have to have a sellout at Belmore every every, every time they go there to to really realise how important it is to the. Bulldogs culture and history that um, yep. that they keep opening it up. I know, apparently cost uh, I don't know one hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollars extra to hold a game there because of certain things like corporate boxes and they have to put up temporary you know, facilities up. But 
but it is really important to um, keep games returning to these sort of venues. Two points to be made here. We work <coughs> with somebody here at, the, at this company who <laughs> is such a mad keen Bulldogs fan. His name's he, Tommy Lee. That, that he shows up to work every day <laughs> in some kind of piece of Bulldogs garb. I've long wanted to just kind of go to visit his house and look at his wardrobe because oh, I, I just, just want to see it. Yeah, because he's. Yeah, I want to know if it's just rows and rows of, of, of bulldog paraphernalia. Anyway, I was asking him about kind of um, about Belmore and you know, oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, he, you know, I, I could have sworn you know the, the eyes began to well up because it's you know it's that important uh, important yeah. to them, and you know if, if you look at how kind of passionate and loyal that fan base, even if that passion is sometimes misdirected, as you say, they tear into this. I, yeah, 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 they really kind of cultivate it. Um, they really kind of cultivate it well out there. Point two to be made there. Um, it costs them. They're they're also kind of the one Sydney club that makes well, not the one Sydney club, but they are the Sydney club that, that does the best on the balance sheet, so they okay. can afford yeah. it. So it's you know that's they, that's uh, a really a you know uh, we criticized them early in the podcast for being a bit rudderless in terms of what they're doing with Hasler, but you got to give them credit. They 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 manage their finances well. Yep. Um, yeah, uh, Canterbury and it's um, kind of a, an act of really good faith with their fans. They do kind of go back. Uh, to Belmore a number of times a year. Yeah, yeah. But um, you and I were kind of uh, in, in our way spitballing uh, ideas and you know, talking about how we would just do so much better if we were in charge at Moore Park. Than, than <laughs> yeah. Right, right. yeah. We had a thought that, you know, um, why doesn't the league, you know, which has heritage rounds and has rounds to kind of acknowledge kind of fans of the community and so forth, you know, as part of a as part of a novelty or a gimmick, why doesn't it kind of go back to suburban grounds for a round? And if you kind of package it up correctly, yeah, and try to find other areas in the schedule where they can make up the money, you know, I, I think it would be great. It would be tremendous equity that the league could build up if they were to um, to go to back, they send uh, you know three or four clubs back to their kind of you know, ancestral or spiritual home for a round. You know, yeah. send you know kind of um, the Tigers back to Leichhardt. Uh, you know the dogs to Belmore. I remember doing a story out at Redfern for uh, on South. So I was interviewing Isaac Luke. I would love to watch a, a league game at a uh, first grade league, ga- league game out at, uh, at Redfern. I think it'd be a wonderful yeah, kind of uh, atmosphere. And um, yeah, if you could, I, I understand kind of the, the the economic arguments of why you can't do it. But, um, but one game, one round a year, one round. On. And if you could balance it out in, in, in other ways, like for example. Yep. Um, I've long been enamoured of uh, English Super Leagues, uh, Magic Magic Weekend. It's a terrific idea. Yeah, yeah, the idea that you can hold, I can't, I'm not sure the exact numbers, but they every team in the league, or half the teams in the league, uh, over, oh yeah, that's right, so yeah, um, one plays on a Saturday, the other plays on a Sunday, uh, so it becomes an entire weekend, but you get every fan base in the competition into one stadium. Uh I think you know the NRL could do that easily. You know, easily. You send half, half. You send all the Sydney teams to A and Z for for a Saturday. Send the the rest of the league up to uh, Suncorp. Yeah, and you would you you could sell you could very easily sell out. You could put eighty thousand people in that state. You could put eighty thousand people in A and Z. You could get up to what your your fifty five sixty in in Suncorp with, and particularly if you build out around it and. That's the way of kind of like making up the money that might compensate for the shortfall you might get in that weekend of going to the suburban grounds. But um, yeah, yeah, I I'm kind of with you on this one. I think that um, mm. I, I think it would be such a great gesture towards the history of the game, to the connection to the community. Um, yeah, 
that the league could do. Um, of course, if I were kind of, if we were shown the financials, we could probably be convinced in another oh, direction. Yeah. But just, but just as an idea, you know, I mean, beyond just the mere fact of like putting the guys in old kind of old-looking shirts, you know, this is this is a good way to recognize kind of you know where the you know, where the league came from. I'd um, I'd, I'd love to see uh, Manly come back to to Lidcombe and and for the Tigers to be wearing that old magpie strip and mm. the old. Um, Fibros versus Silvertails at Lidcombe. What a great be, idea. It'd be terrific, yeah. You could make East play a game at Henson Park. I think they, they're still an affiliation there. Maybe not, but but um, yeah. They, these these old these old grounds are still uh, loved by the league community, aren't they? So, mm. yeah. All righty. Um, and just before we sign off, um, there's lots of uh, rugby league in our current edition of Inside Sport. Uh, we've, we've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks and uh, been picking a, a league aspect um, out of the mag um, to keep it chugging along, and and um, and and this week this week we want to talk about Andy Raymond's column. He talks about uh, Craig Bellamy and his ability to just keep changing. Um, the good coaches do that. Wayne Bennett's done that for a long time. Um, Des to an extent, and Craig Bellamy has just got Wayne Bennett dust on him, hasn't he? He uh, just keeps doing it and doing it, and yeah, he certainly does. Um, it's It's remarkable, and I we always talk about this just to see how kind of just how Melbourne can can kind of just take in raw, unfashioned footballing talent <laughs> and then produce professionals out yeah. the other end. And I mean, what really kind of you know kind of reinforced how remarkable this was to me was when I'd find them popping up in Union, like you know, like you'd, you'd kind oh, of be yeah. reading, yeah. yeah, you'd reading about a guy like Joe Tamani who was playing with the Brumbies a few years ago, and you know, kind of you know, he was. Kind of just, you know, it was just an okay kind of, you know, footballing talent, just running around and you know, teenager, and then you know did a couple of years, you know, with the Storm, and then kind of made us made the switch to, to back to Union to play Super Rugby, and and there you go, and that it, it's such a common story, and you know, they just kind of they just kind of do it right down yeah. there, you know, I mean they've got some certain natural advantages, which is to say they've got tremendous internal leadership, got a great kind of culture. Uh, they're out of the spotlight to a large degree, so they're not kind of tempted by by all those things that lead kind of like league players in Sydney and Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, going to be interesting to see what he does with Cassiano next year. And that's that's kind of <laughs> yeah, what I was building to. Okay, that, you know, sorry, mate. yeah, sorry, no, 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 yeah, no, no, not at all. But you know, Sam, you know, is you know truly one of the, kind of the the most remarkable physical specimens in 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 the competition. And you know, I think he's you know kind of a perfect example of a player who he'll come out for the storm next year. Like they'll have stripped you know like ten kilo off him. He'll be playing more minutes, yeah. and you know people will be wondering how the hell did like you know Canterbury let him get away and then let him get away to there? Like yeah. could they let him get away to some somewhere else in the league where he won't be kind of you know kind of like like kind of barreling through our through our lines? So, but that's, it's almost an expectation. It's like you know we we think we we just know he's going to do kind of um, uh, really well. Uh, down there uh, next year so um, yeah but um, fully recommend kind of picking up um, uh, kind of Andy's column like yeah, he, he kind of makes the point that uh, you know uh, guys like kind of Mel- Bellamy and Bennett they're always thinking ahead of the curve you know like they're already their mind is already on to kind of what the next kind of uh, trend will be kind of in the league and um, kind of we, we haven't seen it yet but uh, you know he's he's um, 
he's liable to kind of uh, get there, and we'll be talking about uh, how well he's uh, how well he's done, you know. <laughs> or contrary to that, maybe he's like perfectly thinking in the moment because he has a side that can gen- yeah, can truly win it this year. Definitely, yeah, yeah. He's he, they're um, storming to, uh, towards the finish line. Uh, good work, Andy Raymond. Um, very quality work there, mate. And uh, you too, Jeff. Um, Thank you, James. Good chat this week. Um, yeah, and, and that's pretty much all we've, all we've uh, got for you this week. Um, enjoy the footy this weekend and uh, enjoy Origin um, mid next week too. Uh, we'll have our next podcast after Origin 3 and uh, we'll handle the fallout and the celebrations and the, and the heartbreak from, from that game. So Fallout is the operative. <laughs> for one team, yeah. All righty. Uh, thanks very much, everyone. Thanks.